I mean, what is soul? Allora, adesso te lo dico io. Cos'è soul? Non importa come lo fai. Più alto possibile, meglio è. Pensavi di saperlo tutto. Nel suono giù nell'Atlantico. Col miglior ritmo su questo pianeta. Canta se vuoi, non ti sbaglierai. Accendi questa bomba. Tapes 31, would you believe? Um, so I was putting this together. I was uh, had a really busy, another busy day doing lots of different things. One of the things, oh, I fucking hate that sound. Do you know what that sound is? That sound is the sound of the water pump. And invariably, when I start recording, either the chair squeaks or the water pump goes or something goes. So that was a little bit annoying anyway Soviet Pop the engineer has switched off the water pump so we won't have that interrupting us anymore um, today another beautiful day I was working today so I was busy doing that then I painted a bench a park bench um, because well a bench that we have out the front because I want people to be able to sit in it and they can talk to us but at a respectable two meters and the other thing that happened is unfortunately a friend of mine's father passed away and i walked to the shops to to the little local post office shop and uh, i said i'll get a sympathy card when i was there and the options available are I realized this very quickly that um, it wasn't just going to be a picture of flowers um, the options were um, the Sacred Heart or the Virgin Mary um, and then I realized that I didn't know the name of the person because there's going to be a mass set as well and at that stage I couldn't really back out of the entire equation so I was shopping local but I was now suddenly uh, into supporting the uh, organized religion of the state um, so that's what I had to do um, and I just got the card I bought the mask and now I'm going to send it so a mask card is going to go to somebody from an anarchist so that's the, how that story ends 
Sylvia Pop is here, so I wonder if she's got something to say or if she wants to add to the introduction to this show. Charger for the laptop. Um, I would have thought that the charger for the laptop is downstairs. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't moved it from downstairs, so I would go and have a look again. Thank you. Can you close the door? Um, um, there you go. What else? What else happened? Okay, the other thing that I heard was that. Uh, unfortunately, Florian Schneider, a man who uh, used to come to this place and play a lot, they were really into cycling, Florian and Ralph, um, so they uh, loved cycling around Wicklow and you know, obviously that's where Tour de France comes from and everything else, so founding member of Kraftwerk, so I thought this would be a good place to start because I think that this is one of the most amazing melodies you're ever likely to hear and it was immediately the first song I thought about when I heard that Florian had passed and it's given me an idea for maybe what Friday's mix is going to be because um, Crawford are very seriously represented in my record collection so the first song I'm going to play though I think is the one that I just totally fell in love with when I heard it on that album um, a long long time ago and they're synonymous with that time period late 70s early 80s which was kind of a golden time for music but also a golden time for listening to the radio the wireless and wanting to be anywhere else knowing that there was a really big wide world out there to explore but I was uh, nowhere close to it I was in suburbia where lots of us are
you're listening to Groove on the Wireless, we temporarily interrupt this mix to tell you what exactly is going on. You're not really listening to Groove on the Wireless. Well, you are listening to Dr. Groove, but it is Plague Tapes 31. And uh, you heard two tracks by Kraftwerk, uh, Radioland, after Neon Lights. And then we followed it up with something new from Sunken Foals album. So that's uh, really cool and well recommended. We do have some news with a special guest coming up. Uh, We're going to talk about the app with Justin, who knows about these things. So uh, don't miss out on that. And now we're going to go on with a very strange track. At least I think it's a strange track. It's Donna Summer and it's, it's just... It's hard to describe anyway, but it's definitely, it fits in here somewhere. It just felt like the right one to do next. And apologies for the kind of very rambling introduction, but um, it's kind of late. So I'm a little bit tired, not operating, firing on all cylinders. But Grand Delusion, I think, is what this track is called. Um, But uh, I really like it. I just really, really like it.
cloudy with night something night boat night train night something um the track list and we'll follow in a couple of days uh when i get around to it uh before that we had a little bit of niels fram talking about his friends in the forest and then we had two amazing tracks from a lacquer album that i have which i'm very grateful to have and um i need to find the other lacquer stuff i need to find more lacquer stuff i only have one album and that's kind of shameful i should definitely have more stuff um and i think we started it all off with grand illusion which had giorgio moroder i think on production there very strange song like what is going on there um there's a beautiful moon out uh which means that this show is really well past production uh we did something new and exciting in terms of for the news we invited a guest on justin who knows a thing or two about coding and we recorded that so you're gonna have to bear with me as i reassemble those uh files those sound files to try and make it sound okay i think the microphone did something strange to andrew and me and there might be a bit of echo but hopefully it's definitely worth listening to and so stick around for that that's all i'm going to say stick around for that and we have one more tune to go i think and then we have the new news jingle which i'm very excited about which you might have heard yesterday and then we go into news uh, all about covid19 and specifically about because this is where justin's expertise is about this new app that they're talking about and where does it put us in terms of protection of privacy and at the same time being functional and helping uh, in the contact tracing side of things so but before we go let's finish with a beautiful closer i think this is brian eno working with daniel lanois and uh, we'll probably do it again tomorrow plague takes 32 i believe
Okay, so welcome to Plague Tapes 31, the news section. We're very excited because we have a guest um, on, as well as Andrew, our resident expert. And that's uh, Justin. Uh, Justin knows a thing or two about coding and all that sort of stuff. You know, the, the type of people that William Gibson used to write about. Well, Justin's one of them. Um, <laughs> So we're happy to have him here and uh, we're going to talk about the app. We've been discussing this for quite some time because we thought that this is one of the measures that the, the government and the authorities want to bring in. Uh, and we were just interested to find out where exactly it's at. And we think there's some, we have some issues around, they're not releasing the code and stuff like that. So, Justin, what's your take on what you've heard so far about this contact tracing app, which they're hoping to have ready to go? Um, so there's definitely pros and cons to it. Um, on the upside, it sounds like they're, it sounds like they're going for the decentralized system that uh, um, the, uh, the uh, some researchers, some researchers um, have, have been working on where it's, it's more based around storage on the phones rather than a centralized model where the, the storage of uh, information is on a central database. Uh, so that's a little bit better in terms of preserving privacy, um, which is a, a big a big deal for this kind of system. Um, then on the downside, though, uh, we haven't really heard much about are they going to open source the code? Are they going to allow people to view it? Are they going to allow external audits of that stuff? And what 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 kind of interactions they've had with the data protection commissioner? And have they have they submitted a data protection impact assessment? Yeah, on 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 that second point, they said on. I think it might have been press conference on Sunday that that was happening. Uh, I think in the next week or two. That well, I can't remember the acronym is DIPTA or something was being uh, yeah, yeah, yeah was being sent in. And the actual the, the target isn't to have it ready for the 18th. It's to have a soft launch launch at the end of the month. Uh, that that's the target date. What does what does just for the average punter? Because this is my role. What does a soft launch mean? I'm the Bill O'Herlihy of, of... They'll make it available, but they won't do much promotion. Okay. So it's basically right. to get some initial uptake to see if it just... There's a very good chance that uh, it'll have difficulties with some of the devices in the, you know, out there in the real world. They, they can test on a closed system and like on a small scale. But chances are things will break in weird ways. And the other thing, in terms of this being useful, um, Andrew was kind of very excited about it in the early stages because we heard it was being there was a similar app being deployed in South Korea which was uh, supposed to be pretty uh, fantastic but then you've, you've cooled since then your, your position has cooled right. on, on the, 
the usefulness of an app. It's kind of like, I, th I think the thing is, in, in theory, it sounds great, you know, yeah. uh, but you kind of, your theory kind of presumes everybody's running around with a very modern phone that's got a good battery on it and it's charged all the time. Yeah. Whereas your actual reality is lots of people are using old phones with dodgy batteries, Bluetooth drains battery really fast anyway. Um, and, I, I, you know, so even leaving aside concerns about privacy and stuff, just yeah. the, it, it, you know, like if 100% of people used it with phones that batteries didn't die and, you know, whose Bluetooth could be active all the time, it would be quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is it's likely to be a lot less than 100% and a lot of people with uh, phones that are, don't really particularly well with it. And then there's all the issues with, with you know, bugs and everything else coming in there as well. Yeah. So like it does when you hear when I heard the initial abstract theory thing I thought oh my god that's going to solve everything in terms of contact tracing and it was only later on I was like oh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> being realistic about it that's yeah. not how it works yeah. in it real sounds life. like there's been big problems in uh, Australia and in Singapore uh, with their versions of it definitely with battery drain and with the app you know being killed off by phone operating systems for being a battery hog and that kind of thing. Um, but I would say but once would Apple, and Google, Apple and Google release their, their work, um, they'll have that stuff more integrated into the operating system. It'll be more efficient in terms of battery usage. And that'd make it more viable that people won't, you know, uninstall it after a week because their, their batteries are drained. And do we, do we know, like, they are working with people like Google and Apple on this? Like, it's all hands yeah. on deck, is it? Yeah. They have a global joint project, basically, right. to... I guess, create APIs or something that will be open to health services to use. I mean, one of the conditions is, though, that it, it, it needs to keep data on device. Yeah, so yeah. I've seen people saying they're not going to, the NHS app won't get approval for that oh, reason. With uh, I, They were talking about releasing that in, in May, but I don't know if they're on schedule for that. It did, like, some of the reading around the, I've done around the Irish thing suggests they may be reliant on that being released which would kind of make sense because I know with iPhones it locks you out of Bluetooth after I think 15 minutes unless you know it, it works on the level of the device itself right. which is obviously going to you know means people need to keep remembering to reactivate the thing again which would be another barrier yeah that's been a big problem apparently in Australia yeah that's but that's built in I think just because Bluetooth well both because it kills the battery but also because it, it's often it, it's a way that's used to abuse um, uh, privacy stuff. Uh, so they, I remember about six months ago reading that they discovered that lots of applications that had no reason whatsoever to use Bluetooth were activating it because it was a way of getting location data, even if you turn location data off, uh, mm -hmm. because you could get location data from other phones that had it turned on. So uh, yeah, there's been, <laughs> there's been issues around that already. Um, Okay. The, the other thing that we heard was that the Data Protection Commissioner was actually involved in the development of this app. Like there was back and forth. Between there, was, the, there was some confusion early on because right. they said they were talking to the Data Protection Commission. And then other yeah. people were saying, well, that's not really not appropriate. It's, that, the, the, data commission, the Data Protection Commissioner's role is not to tell you how to get your thing accepted yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you know yeah. um but i so i don't i don't know actually what happened it, with that in the end i mean it does appear that they changed track that they were initially doing something that would have looked much more like the uk app uh, but particularly once the netherlands and germany kind of ditched what the thing they were working on over over privacy concerns uh, that's what happened so that would also kind of make you worried because okay they were smart enough to realize they needed to 
change track, but their instincts initially were going in the wrong direction. So, and the HSC is a bad reputation anyway for these things. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, do, do you know anybody, have you heard anything in terms of anybody who is working on it or anything like that in terms of, Justin, have um, you heard on the network? I know that it's a uh, near form who are apparently working on it. Um, right. And that's a good thing, if, good if thing you ask me. They have a pretty good reputation. So that's positive, I think. And then, Justin, just for the rest of us to understand, what's the relationship being like in relation to the Data Protection Commissioner in Ireland and a lot of big tech? Because it seems like there's a pretty cosy relationship there. And this is just another thing that's just going to come along. Uh, so... I mean, how effective has the Data Protection Commissioner been in terms of protection of data privacy up to now? What's the track record like before um, we even get to this app? I don't think they've don't actually, think they've actually launched, any, launched any, um, any prosecutions or serious investigations yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. The impression I get is that they're, they're really, really careful and cautious and they're trying to make sure that everything is perfectly lined up. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of pressure going on behind the scenes that they, they don't want to piss off the big multinationals. Yeah. yeah. So a, a more general thing, because obviously I think with this, there's a, there's a balance between the public health utility and then the privacy concerns. And um, obviously the circles I move in would include people who are quite paranoid about the privacy end of things. But a point I've been making is that in terms of what people already give up to say things like Tinder or even Google Maps that actually they're surrendering, they're already probably routinely surrendering a lot of the same information and more because those things aren't, you know, they're just Facebook as well is another example of it. I mean, wh where do you see the, um, the balance lying in, the, in that thing? Uh, uh, like my, my instinct at the moment is I'm probably going to install it even if there's shortcomings to it because I think the shortcomings aren't big enough to put me off. But I don't know if that's just me being overly uh, trusting or what. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm still a little bit um, behind the curve in that I'm, I'm more worried about state surveillance than ad tech surveillance. <laughs> um, I definitely would, I would, will be planning to install this because if they're going for the privacy-preserving decentralized model, it's kind of designed uh, at a cryptographic level to not allow centralized surveillance and location tracking. And that data is already being uploaded by Google's operating systems, Apple's operating systems, to the, to the advertising systems anyway. So um, yeah, we're, we're under a fair bit of surveillance for that stuff anyway. The other question I think is interesting is, I'm like, I don't know if this happens or not, but even within say the existing contact tracing thing, if they, if somebody uh, tests positive mm. and they like, would they not automatically ask them what their mobile phone is, and would they would they not use mobile phone data to find out where they've been in terms of? Well, I mean that does happen in Singapore. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and I watched a really interesting video that Singapore State had produced about the process, and it, it there's an awful lot of police involvement in it, basically, particularly if they have trouble finding people. Uh, but um, my understanding from watching the press conferences is that it's actually that's not automatic at all here. Yeah. Um, uh, like in a general sense, one of the problems they're having 
you'll see people say sometimes that they got tested two weeks ago and haven't got the results back, right? And apparently part of the problem with that is they're not having mobile phones associated with that test result. Wow. Uh, and then that breaking thing, so the communication chain breaks in the way back. Now that's just a, well, not necessarily a paper system, it's a computer system. Right. Uh, I do know with the app though, they said that uh, providing your mobile phone will be an opt-in thing. Right. It's not, it, so it won't be automatic. It's something you, you basically need to say yes to. And if you do that, then it sends your phone to the contact tracing people so they can ring you. But yeah. it's not, okay. it's not, it's not a, it's not even opt out in other words. So, and, which would make sense in kind of GDPR type terms. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it is the advantage of having the very, you know, cause GDPR is pretty robust. Um, you know, so if it is done within that framework and they're not cheating around that, uh, then I think there's a, a reasonable amount of confidence with it. Yeah, I think there's two um, there's two points about it. Uh, first of all, everything I can tell about it is that it's going to be an augmentation of other forms of contract tracing. So, um, you know, the traditional model of ringing people up and asking them where they've been and who they've seen in the last two weeks and that kind of thing, that'll go on and this will just add more information to that process. But the other thing is that they're, I'd say they're going to want to keep as much stuff opt-in and privacy-preserving as possible because they don't want to scare people off the app. You know, the only way this is going to work is if a decent number of people actually install it. Yeah. I mean, and we've been making this point continuously on Playtapes, but people, like, by and large, the Irish population have really bought into what they've observed, you know, the physical distancing measures and uh, isolation and stuff like that at quite a considerable cost in terms of people not seeing grandkids, not seeing grandparents and people not seeing parents and stuff. So um, it would be in their interest. I think there would be an uptake on this. Can you explain, Justin, just how important that uh, the data remaining on your phone until such time as it gets uploaded, can you explain the difference between the model, the path that they were following, and now the path that they are following, they've changed their switch just for people to understand how important that was. Uh, well, I don't, well, I don't know exactly what they were planning to do, but we can look at, the, look at the, the UK's UK system, system. Uh, which is very centralized. very centralized. The data, as the data, the data flows up to the central servers, the servers, and they're uh, keeping track of the map of who's interacting with each other, with each other over, over time. And they're talking about they're being talking able to keep that data long term and use it for future analysis and who knows what. Um, straight straight <laughs> over to MI5. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's yeah. Recorded entire, a bit an entire server, just copying all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or MI6. I don't know. I get confused. So, I mean, in the Irish situation or any other system that has a decentralized model, if it's staying on the phone and if you can, you know, uh, be reasonably sure that it is staying on the phone then you can be sure that you're not going to be tracked and you're not going to be retrospectively tracked two years down the line or whatever. It's, it's, there's a lot more privacy protection there. Good. And then the only other, the other question that I had was that um, we've made this point continuously, but the more marginalized and vulnerable groups in society um, would obviously have a load of issues around protection. So if you've got somebody that's in the asylum process or somebody is in direct provision, or if you're a Roma or if you're a traveler, like there's a whole load of, so is there anything in terms of reassurances there or has anybody been talking about that in terms of the app? Um, 
the ensure ensuring that the data is only used on the on the basis of you know for uh, health and safety purposes and that it's not used or won't be used for any other reasons yeah well that's the yeah, kind well, of thing that uh, you know being able to independently uh, audit the source code or, or see the open source code, code that would be really valuable just so that somebody who isn't the government can look at it and say you know this isn't going to transmit location data it's not going to yeah send data up to a central server unless you say it's okay to do so okay and they haven't our understanding is they haven't released the source code now and they're not they're not in they're not intending to or does anyone know what the situation is there i i haven't seen a definitive statement about intentions right um and my yeah. suspicion is that's because they're trying to work out whether or not they can get away with not doing it. Uh, so right. I, I also suspect that they may end up doing it yeah. uh, just because they're, otherwise you're hitting the trust, trust issue a big, a big way. I mean, I presume one possible reason they won't want to do it is to re retain sort of um, intellectual property, blah, 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 being able to sell it. Lights yeah. over it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it's like I, I was trying to think of what, why wouldn't you? Um, part of the reason it goes is just the HSC is a whole culture of secrecy around it anyway. Uh, uh, you know, and also, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing you understand from watching the press conferences, the HSC stuff, is the, the people who are at those conferences, they're really sharp in whatever their specialized field is. You know, like they know it backwards yeah. and they can explain stuff very well. But if they get thrown questions that are outside of that field, they're often pretty lost. So I wouldn't, I, I think that there may well be a problem that the kind of top level of decision makers just wouldn't have a baseline knowledge about yeah. any of this sort yeah. of stuff. Uh, you know, and like uh, people often have their opposite, uh, like around open source and security, they often come to the completely wrong assumption, which is mm -hmm. that because people can see the code, that means it's less secure. Yeah, you know, like that. That's lots of people. That's the natural place they go to first. Yeah. So I'd say if you have a, an organisation with a bit of a culture of secrecy, anyway, and you hear that idea, you're kind of going, "Oh, that doesn't sound yeah. very good." Um, so uh, on the other hand, I'm hoping they're kind of paying attention to some of the noise that's being made around it, uh, yeah. and also that that other people in that chain are are capable of, of putting forward the arguments. I mean, it's certainly the case that people on the bigger NEFIT body, which is about fifteen. Are so people that that would understand some of these issues reasonably well, uh, so hopefully their voices are, are being loud enough to get consideration of it anyway. So Justin, supposing you were called in to Neffet and they were saying, <laughs> "Tell us what this app should do. What's the top three things? Give us a a breakdown of what you would say to them." Supposing you were in charge, I'd put you in charge. If I was, I would trust you. You know what I mean? So. Uh, you know, and it's a bit like the X-Files, you know? Uh, you know, you should put the guys in the lab who know about all this stuff. Make them make the decisions. So tell us what you would say to them. Um, I would recommend that they adopt the, the DP3T uh, app and the standards that's, uh, that's been published. It's uh, been worked on by uh, a pan-European group of... of uh, scientists and engineers so it's, it's, it's pretty solid it's privacy preserving and then i'd uh, also try and get the, the source code uh, opened up and made visible so that it can be audited independently and people can look at that um 
And I think those are the main things. Those the, the main things are to keep keep it private. You don't have to have three. If it's two and it's a good two, that's fine. That's perfect. Not that's a probabilistical if there's only two. Items. No, no, it's perfect. It's good. Very good. Uh, listen, thank you very much, Justin. We might be coming back to you. You know, your uh, technical expertise. You know, when we get out of our depth. Oh, sorry. actually, no. There's one. Oh, yeah, sorry. There is on, one last sorry. thing, yeah. right? Um, which it's come up in conversations with other people. But actually, I was watching the Northern Ireland press thing from yesterday this morning that came up. Like, there's an obvious problem in terms of if the North is using the NHS app mm. and we're using our own app. But the reality is, lots and lots of people crossing the border in both directions uh, all the time. Now, it sounds like there's no chance whatsoever of those two apps being compatible. You know, I mean, we, you're not going to want to give data to the NHS app, basically, the way it's yeah. working. Yeah. Uh, what, is it the case that people in the north would probably be able to install the southern app and use it? But you can almost see this got to, that's going to break down almost on... on A tribal divide on, on once tribal, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Every but, time we go... But that even kind of works because people in the border counties anyway, you know, yeah. tend to be from nationalist backgrounds more often. Yeah. But, I mean, presumably, they'd have to do something pretty crazy to stop people downloading and using it like you'd have to geofence it in some way or something which would seem like something you wouldn't actually do no i wouldn't say they would do that because they'd be happy to allow people who frequently travel to ireland to have it installed and upload it if necessary um i think the only thing that could cause trouble there is if the apple or google apis block it if they if they make sure that only one app can be used and i can't see any reason why they do that okay all right yeah, any other questions? No, no? That, that Thank you very much, Justin. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, and when it goes out, I'll let you know so you can become another one of our many listeners. <laughs> Excellent, I will do. Yeah, <laughs> all right. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.